you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit www.therockonline.org. And now, a message from The Rock of Gainesville. All right, we're in week two of a four-week series that we're doing on this idea of staying in your lane. And uh, last week, I gave you eight points that we're going to try to preach over the next three weeks, and I'm actually going to start on point one today. So hallelujah. We, we believe in miracles around here. Pastor Jamie will be preaching next Sunday. It's going to be great. Uh, I'll be leaving right after the service with Oscar and Vicki and Suzanne and her Woommate Suzette, who's here this morning, had the girls stand. This is Suzanne and Suzette. You pick which one is who. All right, all right. I am going to have some fun tomorrow when I land in Cuba. All my Cuban pastor friends, I am going to mess with their minds. I'm going to walk in and have Suzanne follow behind Oscar and Vicky. I'm going to walk in with Suzette and just see if they, I'm going to mess with them, man. I've just, I've never gotten to do this. So, you know, they never mess with me, thank God. And, and uh, if you have not yet uh, got to meet Suzette uh, this morning, our grandkids were so excited. Uh, for you, they're Suzanne and Suzette, but for our 10 grandkids, they're Bella and Bella too. So you should have seen the little ones today. They were standing there, and they're looking, and they're looking. And the problem is when they talk, that's even worse. Their voices are identical. So you don't know who is talking. So little Scarlett and Jordan, they were just like, they didn't know which was who. But uh, they, they all got pictures with their Bella, too. It's great to have Suzette here. She's going with us for her first time to Cuba, and we're going to have a great time. Thank you for your prayers. We got our visas Friday afternoon right before 5 o'clock. Come on, somebody. They were messing with us. We applied 90 days ago on the first day that you could apply for your visa. And for 90 days, they sat on a desk. And uh, I just thank God for Otunil and Abdiel because they went down Thursday couple of hours and could not get anything. Finally found favor with this one lady. She said, I'll try to get them on Monday. And Otunil goes, no, they're flying at 7.30 Monday morning out of Orlando, be in Cuba by nine. Can't get on the plane without a visa. And so she said, well, you come back tomorrow at nine and, and I'll, we'll see what can happen. And, and literally it was, it was an all day affair. And uh, we have 200 pastors registered this week, Wednesday and Thursday in Cienfuegos, Cuba. And we're excited about going and teaching them the word. The very Bibles you guys bought, gave money for, raised, and we hand-delivered across that nation. 200-plus pastors are coming with their Bibles, and we're going to teach them the kingdom of God out of the very Bibles that we had a privilege to be a part of. Wasn't it amazing? I mean, it, it happened so fast, and it's over. Sometimes I'm thinking, did I dream that we got to be a part of giving a million Bibles out in the nation of Cuba in four and a half years? But it wasn't a dream. It was real. God doing some neat things across that island. So you guys be praying for us. Next Sunday, Jamie will be preaching here. I'll be preaching in Oscar's hometown where Oscar was born in Santa Fe, Cuba. Great church there. Uh, many of you remember the stories and pictures of Pastor Randy and Yenny. They're the couple that I think the second time we were there, we had a group of guys and uh, they didn't have a roof on their building. And so uh, one of the guys grabbed one of the hats and went around with all of our team. We're about 10 or 12 of us and they just throwing cash in this hat and, and we gave it to Pastor Randy. And the next time I came back, they had put a roof on the building from the money that our guys had given in the offering. And then the next time we went back, the roof was gone. 
And I'm like, Pastor Randy, where's the roof we bought? And he laughed and he said, well, he said, we sowed it in faith uh, to another church. He said, matter of fact, if you stand here on the top of the hill, about three kilometers over there is where our roof is on another church's building. And uh, so the next time we received another offering, built a cement built a cement roof on that one. So they can't give that one away. So uh, looking forward to being there next Sunday and I'm uh, going to have a great time. Then we'll come back with a good report. So thank you for being here today. We had awesome first service, had seven people give their heart to Jesus Christ in the first service. We, we are now, come on somebody, we, we have had 84 people respond to a decision for Jesus Christ since the first Sunday of this year. Never in the history of the church of the Rock family have we experienced this, but God said some things only come by prayer and fasting. So we started this year out in an incredible faith-building prayer time and fasting and seeking God, and we're asking God to do above and beyond what we can ask or think. You know what? God loves every lost person in Gainesville, Florida. Every single lost person God loves, and God wants you and I to be a part of bringing them to the place where they have the privilege to hear the gospel and respond to the gospel. They don't have to respond, but how can they respond if they don't hear, and how can they hear if no one ever invites them? So we are called to go out of this building in about 35 minutes, and we're to take everything that the Father's done in our lives this week, and we're to take it out there and just be ready at the drop of a hat to touch someone, love someone, give somebody a bottle of water, feed someone, invite someone to the house of God, because who knows, but the person you invite is the one. At the end of the, at the, end of the first service this morning, Suzanne and I were standing here, and a couple came up. They've been in our church four Sundays. And this morning, the wife raised her hand to respond to Christ. The husband raised his hand. And after the service, they came up. And such a, it was such a dear story. As he shared with me, he said, I've been in games with my whole life, except for a short stint in the military. And he said, I remember when you moved to this city. And he said, I had an offense against you. And I, I'm standing there, you know, it was just Suzanne and I and three little boys. You know, what did I do to offend? And he said, had nothing to do with you. But you see, as a 17-year-old boy, I'd given my heart to Jesus. And somewhere along the way, I, I, lost, I lost my way. I got discouraged. And I walked away from the call of God on my life. And he said, years later, you moved to this city, and you reminded me of what I had been called to do. 30 years later, he comes in our house four weeks ago, four weeks, sit right there on fourth row, four Sundays. And his wife was the first one up at the end of the service. She grabbed me, tears run down her face, and she said, Pastor, you moved me today. And I said, no, I didn't move you anywhere, but Holy Spirit touched you right where you are. And then her husband showed up, and he hugged me, and he told me that story. And next month, they're going to start in growth track. They're already ready to get in a connect group. They're already ready to walk out. And, the full, and, and this is what I said to him. I said, hey, the devil meant for bad and evil. God can redeem anything. God can redeem every hour that was lost, every day that was lost, every season of your life that was lost. God can redeem in the latter days of your life. Come on, don't get me started. I'll start preaching here. I'm telling you that in the latter days of your life, I said to this precious man, can be greater than anything you ever imagined or dreamed or even think that you lost. 
He said, I'm not offended at you anymore, Pastor. I said, that makes my heart do good because I don't like people getting mad at me, especially for preaching the gospel. But you know what? God is good. Amen. And so we rejoice over all of those who responded this morning and believe God wants to do something amazing. Today we're in uh, the the second week of this four-week series, and today I want to touch on staying in your lane um, concerning discovering who you are in Christ Jesus. You say, what in the world does staying in your lane have to do with discovering who you are in Christ? Hear me. You can never stay in your lane, walk in your lane, live in your lane, or be about the Father's business in your lane until you first know who you are in Christ Jesus. Because until you know who you are in Christ Jesus, hear me this morning, listen carefully. Until you know who you are in Christ Jesus, you can come to church every week. You could could have been a part of this church for 30 years and sit here and not know God in a personal way, not know God's plan for your life in a personal way, not know what Jesus Christ did for you in a personal way, and not know what the Word of God has to say about what God thinks about you, and you can be sitting right in church. You see, as long as the enemy can keep you distracted from finding out who you are in Christ Jesus and who you belong to, you're never going to be able to to stay in your lane and live the, the path, the course that God has for you. So today I'm asking, Father, to help me to deliver this word in my heart to you and that you come with an ear to hear today. Doesn't matter how long you've been in church. Doesn't matter if you're visiting today. Doesn't matter what's going on, you know, how you got here. What's important is right now, maybe you're watching online this morning and you're hearing right now that God loves you. God has a purpose, a plan, a future, and a hope for your life. And as long as the enemy can keep you distracted from knowing that, you're never going to be able to stay on course that God has for you. Therefore, you're going to be robbed of the amazing plans that God has for your life. How many of you don't want to be robbed? You don't want the enemy to be able to take from you that which is rightfully yours. Father, help me today, I pray. I depend upon you. I have prayed. I've sought your face, studied your word. Lord, I've labored before you to hear and in hearing Father, a word that would produce life to every person that's in this room, that's watching online, or will listen to a podcast this week. Father, that in all things, that they would come to the place, the recognition of their need to know you. Even as Jesus prayed in that powerful prayer recorded in John 17, when he prayed and said, Father, that that they may know you the way I know you. Lord, that's my prayer today, that we will discover who we are in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Amen. So we want to discover today who we are in Christ. And I want to start out by reading a passage of Scripture in Hebrews chapter 12. I've meditated on this quite a bit. And and man, whether you're teaching on faith, this is a powerful Scripture. Whether you're preaching on living out the plans of God, this is a powerful Scripture. There's so many things in these two little verses that I want you to catch this morning. So let me read to you, first of all, in the ESV version of the Bible. Verse 1, Hebrews chapter 12. Therefore... Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. Look, I want you to get this this morning. Let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right 
hand of the throne of God. Now, as I was meditating on this, one of the things that kind of just leapt out in me two weeks ago was uh, when, or three weeks ago, when Jedediah was here preaching, and he preached that powerful word titled it, Now Faith. And we recognize that in, in all of our lives, whatever the Father's doing, the only way we're going to fully receive it and walk out in it is by faith. And that whole now faith is not faith for yesterday. It wasn't faith for what God did at some point in time in the past in my life. But what is God doing and what is God saying in the now in my life? And how do I move from glory to glory, even as that man in the first service this morning, how do I get over the fact that I wasted so many years of my life because God yet wants to use me for his glory and for my purpose, and I, and, and, which is the reason and the necessity that we find out who we are in Christ Jesus. So as I was meditating on this this week, uh, it's been quite humorous over the last several months. Uh, all my pastoral team, they love, they love coming and helping pastor a little bit. They, they feel like pastor needs a little help. So, and I'm always, my door's always open to all of them. So they come in, they share thoughts with me, or you know, they critique my last week's message, tell me what I could have done to do a little bit better. No, just kidding. They're, they do that very respectfully. But my wife, she does it without any, uh, I, I don't even have to ask for it. It just, it just comes. But, but uh, it's a wonderful day when I walk out of church and my wife leans over and says, honey, that was an awesome word. I said, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I feel affirmed by my wife and the Holy Spirit. But, but the reality is, man, there are times when, when I'll finish preaching and I'll thought, man, why didn't I use that scripture? Man, that thought was right there and I didn't run with it. But, but uh, because of that, sometimes some of the guys come. They know I'm always open. I always want, if, you, if they got a scripture, I want them to bring it to me. If they got a revelation on a scripture. So this week, Pastor Ron walked in, you know, very humbly as he does and, and uh, presented himself, sat down, said, Pastor, can I just share this one little scripture? Now, I'm sure you've already got a revelation of this and you're already going to run with this. And, uh, but he said, just can I, can I share my insight? So yes, Pastor Ron, sit down and, and open the scriptures, teacher Hyatt, uh, because your story that Pastor George is ready to hear. So, so he, he unleashes the word and, and begins to share with me. And man, it was powerful. So I said, okay, that was good. I'm going to have to give you credit for that. So in a minute, we're going to give it up for Pastor Ron, the teacher. But he, he sat there and we, we, he, we read Hebrews chapter 12, 1 and 2. And, and then he said this, Pastor, he said, he said verse 1, where, where it says at the end of the verse, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. He said in verse 1 there, he said, set before us literally means to stay in your lane. Come on, somebody. Literally means to stay in your lane, to run with endurance. Set before us literally that which uh, God has graced us and anointed us to walk in. And then in verse 2, he said, looking unto Jesus, simply put, means that we stay in our lane by focusing on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. That's good stuff right there. So come on, give it up for Pastor Ron, the teaching gift in our house. And uh, I appreciate that. It, it, it really is such a powerful thing. This week, uh, for those of you who don't know it, uh, the beloved Gator Tim uh, Tebow and his brother um, Robbie, I think, uh, just produced their first movie. Just came out. Come on, somebody. Anybody want to know the name of this movie? Run the Race. Come on. Man. 
I looked at the previews of that and thought, man, that, that sounds good. That fits right in while I'm preaching. I'm going to have to find a way to go watch that. So I told Suzanne about it. She said, wow, that sounds like a good movie. We need to go watch that. But she was busy packing and everything. So I had to run some errands. So I said, honey, I'll be back in a little bit. And uh, I ran to run some errands. Well, I just happened to have to go by the theater. And it was 10 minutes till the movie was starting. And, and I, felt, I felt an obligation, as it were, for the body of Christ here to, to just just run in and check it out to make sure it was going to be okay for you. Wow, what an amazing movie. It's a true story based on a, one of the football players that played for Florida and his, the testimony of his story, of his life, and, uh, and his brother, his family. And boy, there's a lot of tragedy in it. I mean, I was in there, tears running, snot blowing. I mean, I was on the back row all by myself thanking Jesus because I was, I was blowing and wiping and uh, so touched by some of the things, the hardships that this young man had, had pursued. And I started saying some of this in first service. People started yelling, stop, we want to see the movie. Don't tell us anything. Okay, so I'm not going to tell you about the movie, but it has to do with running the race and, and, and staying on track on that which God has called you to do. Matter of fact, if you go watch it before I come back from Cuba, you'll be shouting amen the next time I get in the pulpit because you're going to realize how it's so tied in the whole running the race and the significance of finding that. You see, if we don't ever find our place in Christ, we're never going to be able to, to go down that straight and narrow path that God called us to go through. And he said, look, it's, got, it, it's straight and it's narrow. Hang on now. He said, it's also going to be difficult. And then we got, I don't know if I can. No, no. You can handle whatever the path is because greater grace is in you and greater is he that's for you than he that is against you. So you don't have to, woe is me, and you don't have to start feeling sorry for yourself because the Lord, you know, put this straight, uh, uh, difficult path before you. Matter of fact, the promise of his word is this. You don't even have to pray and ask for grace. Grace is supernatural, and it's there every... Are y'all awake in here this morning? First service was out shouting y'all, and, and I'm preaching the same message, so you, you got to be awake this morning, all right? So you need your coffee, go ahead and take a swig of it. There you go. You're good. But hear me. The Lord has a purpose and a plan for your life, and he wants you to know who you are in Christ Jesus because as you come to the full revelation of who you belong to, what the Lord has done for you in your life, all of a sudden, all those sins that you committed and all those failures and all those disappointing things, all of a sudden, they're no longer going to have traction in your life because now you know who you are and you know that God loves you beyond what you can imagine or even think. Now, before I go ahead and preach the rest of this message, i got to read you this passage one more time, but I'm going to read it in the message version. All right, I told the first service, I won't be surprised if somebody jumps up and wants to do the hallelujah two-step, run all the way around the place. Because I'm telling you, when I read this a second time in this version, I got so excited because it's just, it's just modern day talking. It's like, you know, it's kind of like what Pastor George would say if he was just uh, giving you his summarized version of those two verses. And, and it's powerful. Listen to this. 12, and this is actually three verses, one through three. So it says this. Do you see what this means? I can just see the writer. As he's translating this and he's getting excited about it, he said, do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on. It means we had better get on with it, strip down, start running, and never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Jesus. 
who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it because he never lost sight of where he was headed. Come on, somebody, stay in your lane because Jesus stayed in his. Jesus didn't come trying to be John the Baptist or Elijah the prophet. He came as the Christ to do good works, but ultimately to die on the cross for you and I. He never lost sight of that, and he kept on. Listen to this. Because he never lost sight of where he was headed, that exhilarating finish in and with God, he could put up with anything along the way, like the cross, shame, and whatever else the enemy threw against him. And now he's there in the place of honor right alongside God. When you find yourself flagging in your faith, go over that story again. Item by item, that long litany of hostility that he, Christ, plowed through, that will shoot some adrenaline into your souls. Woo! I, I read that. I was like, woo! I got some adrenaline running in me. Why? Because if Jesus can finish the race, hear me, you can finish the race. If God called you, God called uh, me, God called us, we don't have to throw in the towel just because things are tough. Because things are difficult. Matter of fact, can I tell you right now the most difficult thing we have in America to handle is our unbelievable amount of prosperity and blessing that God has blessed this nation with? America, above all nations of the world, has some kind of unmerited favor. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Sitting there as proud Americans, red, yellow, black, and white, like we Americans, we love Jesus, and God just seems to love us more than anybody else. No, no, no. To whom much has been given, much is required. I read a lot, and most of you know it because it comes out in a lot of my messages, and I can't help it, and I don't don't, uh, feel bad about it, but I read a lot about the persecuted church in the world. I read about martyrs. Some of you are looking at me, oh, yeah, I heard that some people died for Christ 2,000 years ago. No, no. Right here today in the world, women are being slaughtered, raped, and murdered. Their children are being butchered, burned alive because dads and moms surrendered their lives to Jesus Christ. You're never going to turn on your television set and hear any media tell you what's going on in the world. But we have a right and a responsibility and a privilege to pray for our brothers and sisters around the world that for whatever reason, they're having to endure something that you and I might not ever have to endure in our life. But we better be careful that we think we can just, you know, weave our way through and bebop our way through all of our fun stuff and all of our vacations and all of our spending money on us and all of our Disney trips and beach trips and, and, and bike trips and shopping trips as though we aren't going to answer to God one day for everything he's blessed us with. Two weeks from today, I'm coming back. I'm going to preach a message. If you got guts and boldness, I want you to come back. But I'm going to preach in this fourth series, living your life intentionally in your lane. And I'm going to lay out some stuff that I've been wanting to preach for about three years, but I never preached it because I thought y'all be think I was mad when I preached it. But I'm, I'm going to speak the truth. Unfortunately, I would have to preach the same message three weeks in a row to get everybody that's a part of the Rock family to hear it because that's the day and the hour that we live in in America. But I want to tell you, it's not that way in third world countries. It's not that way in China and Pakistan and India 
in, in, in countries where, where the Muslim rule is, 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 they're killing Christians like flies. And most of you don't know anything about it. Never read anything. If you do go across it, you want to go by it real fast because that doesn't make you feel good. That doesn't, that doesn't fill seats in a church on Sunday morning. But I'm telling you what, God has blessed our nation for a reason. And we better find out as believers what that reason is and get in our lane and be faithful to our lane no matter how difficult a path. Come on, somebody say amen because I'm preaching to us. No matter how difficult it is. Because God has a plan and a future. And God loves all his children. All the lost ones around the world. God has a heart for and for whatever reason, America has been positioned in a place where I personally believe that the only reason God's judgment has not been unleashed on our nation is because we are still the greatest nation in the world to send missionaries and our money all over the world. I believe it is the saving grace of our nation. So I want to share with you this morning four invaluable truths um, I, I typed this out the other day, and I started laughing. I thought, wow, that sounds a little arrogant. I have four invaluable truths that I'm going to share with you out of the wealth and depth of all the knowledge that God has given me. And I went back. I was like, I, I, was like, I better make sure I know exactly what that word means. So I went to the dictionary, and I read it, and sure enough, it's exactly what I thought it meant. And so I was about to delete it, and the Holy Spirit said, no. These are invaluable truths. This, this wasn't you. He just wanted to remind me that I, it wasn't me that came up with that. So I'm going to share four things with you today that, that I believe are deeply personal for each and every one of us. And the first one is this. Number one is God is for you. God's for you. All hell's against you. Maybe your family's against you. Maybe your church has been against you. Maybe things that it seems like the whole world has been against you. But hear me this morning at the Rock of Gainesville at 1159 a.m. God is for you. He has a future and a hope. He has a plan. He loves you more than you can even imagine or even think. God loves you passionately. Most of you have been around here long enough. You heard my story about when God's love was first revealed to me in my life. I've been raised in the church my whole life, saved at eight, called to preach at eight, uh, ran from God for a few years, left home at 13 and 18. I finally started getting right back right with God. At 22, God gives me this amazing woman as my wife uh, of 40 years now. And two years later, we're about to get out of the Air Force. God gives us our first child and my son is born. And when he's born, uh, that nurse that doctor catches him, uh, cuts the cord, does everything, wraps him in a blanket, hands him to the nurse. The nurse turns, hands him to me, and I'm holding this child. And all of a sudden, I start crying. I start praying over this child. I start declaring God's goodness over uh, our lives, over Suzanne. I start telling this little boy in my arms how much that his mother and I loved him. We didn't know we were going to have a boy. We, we never did any of the things to find out for any of our kids. So when they came into the world and they were handed to us, that's what we found out we had. And so uh, when, they, when that nurse handed him to me and we began to, I, I was crying. Suzanne was over there on the table doing whatever they do. You know, I was doing what I was supposed to be doing. 
doing, which is holding this baby and loving on him and praying everything. And I'm speaking to him. I'm declaring. We, I called him by his name, the name that his mom and I had, had chosen. And, and, and I, I spoke to him and I said, in the nine months your mom's been carrying you, this is my voice. This is, look at me. This is the voice you've been hearing. As Suzanne, I would rub her belly and pray over him and, and rejoice over him and make declarations about all the stuff, you know, that we had. We didn't have nothing back then. We didn't have two dimes to rub together and get a penny back, you know. I mean, we were broke. And yet I'm prophesying over this little guy like I'm the richest man in the world. We're going to do this for you. We got this for you. We're going to love you. We're going to discipline you. We're going to teach you all of these things. And, and I'm just, tears are rolling. I'm saying how much I loved him as I held him. And in that moment... My life forever radically changed because in that moment, I heard the voice of God say, as much as you love him, it's nothing compared to my love for you. And it changed my life. Because for the very first time in my life, I'm holding a product of his mother and I. This is, this is our flesh and blood. This is our child. This is our son. And I'm looking at him in the eyes. And I'm looking at his little fingers, his little toes, his little hands, and, and all the things. And, and all of a sudden, every ounce of love I ever mustered up in my life was just being poured out. And now I'm hearing God say, but, but that ain't nothing compared to how much I love you. And it changed my life. And for the very first time in that season of my life, I began to really believe that God was for me. That I wasn't just one mistake from being batted into hell again. I mean, I grow, grew up with fear and doubt and, and just enough of the word to get you in trouble. Had no word of God in me. Just enough to think that every time I committed any little sin, man, I'm going to hell. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. You're going straight to hell, boy. And I believed it. Until one day, God revealed his love to me. And you know what? I would never condemn or judge my son to go to hell. And here was a loving father that said, hell has to be. You, you got to reject my love in a hundred different ways, a thousand different ways for you ever to get to hell. Because I'm going to do everything I can to reveal my love to you. And he showed me that he loved me. And he showed me that he was for me. Listen to this in Isaiah chapter 64, verse 4. It says, it's an old covenant here. From of old, no one has heard or perceived by the ear. No eye has seen a God besides you who acts for those who wait on him. Church, you know why God is constantly drawing you and constantly you're hearing from the pulpit and constantly you're hearing in worship and constantly you hear when you open up the word of God that God is, desires a relationship with you. He desires to fellowship with you is because to those who hunger and thirst after God, God will reveal his great love to every one of us all over the world and right here in Gainesville. He will reveal to us that he loves us. Number two, not only is he for us, number two, God is with you. Man, God being with me is every bit as, as important as God being for me. Because he's for me, all of a sudden, that settles my self-esteem. That settles who I am. It doesn't matter what my past is. It doesn't matter what my failure is. It doesn't matter what stupid sins I did. It doesn't matter what, what I did this week. What matters is, am, am I right with Father God? Because he's already made a way and a place for me to get every sin I ever commit under the blood of Jesus. It's one confession away. To say, God, I blew it this week. 
Some of y'all, your heads go down immediately like, is, is he talking about me? No, no, no. I, look, I, I, never can, I never point your sins out. I, I have enough of my own, okay? I have enough of my own things that rise up every once in a while that just go, where did that come from? I love God. Where did that thought come from? You ever been at church? Hallelujah. Woo! Jesus. Woo! It is good to be in the house of God today. Jesus loves me. And then you go get in your car and you pull out and somebody cuts you off. Where? Seriously. Did that just come from? What just came out of your... Look, forget what even came out of your mouth. What you thought. Don't be, some of y'all are looking at me like, oh, I'm, I don't know, I'm going to have to go to another church where the pastor doesn't sin so much, because you've never been cut off. You've never pulled into public parking lot. You've been waiting for 30 seconds for that car to back out. People are blowing their horn, they're going around you, and you're just waiting, and all of a sudden somebody backs out, and then, <laughs> oh, it'll bring out the devil in you every time. And, and, and seriously, am I not, I'm just picking the light stuff, Right? I'm not even dealing with what most of you are dealing with during the week. I know, because I've been there. But hear me, God is for you. And all you got to do is just confess that thing. God, my heart, I love you. My heart's saved. My spirit man's saved. I love you. God, I love you so much. Why does this ugly stuff raise up its ugly head? I can tell you why. Because we are not full enough of the word of God to know how to combat those things when they happen. Because they will happen and they'll keep happening all the way until you depart this world and go be with Jesus. They're going to happen. Temptation's coming. So, Pastor, can I ever get enough? You will. One day when you get to heaven, you'll be free of it. Problems arise, things happen, things are thrown at you. What you're going to do about it will determine how you walk out or don't walk out the victory. Am I on point what? I see Nigel coming up here. Nigel, all right. What point am I on? Did I read scripture for two? Okay, Zephaniah. You know, one of your favorite chapters in the books in the Bible. Just go ahead and turn to Zephaniah. Let me help you out. Zephaniah 3.17, just listen and act like you know where it is in the Old Covenant, okay? It's not one you read from every day, but God is with you. Listen to this. The Lord your God, oh, is in your midst. Yes. Zephaniah, the prophet, yes. declaring this. The Lord, your God, not somebody else's God. The Lord, your God, is in your midst. A mighty one who will save he will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love, and he will exult over you with loud singing. i got to leave that alone. That is just so powerful. Go home and meditate on Zephaniah 3.17. God rejoices over you. Do you hear me? Look up here. Look up here. Listen to me. God not only is receiving our praises, I believe God is exulting over us. God rejoices over his children that are not ashamed of him. As much as we're doing this, oh, God, we love you. God's going, oh, <laughs> woo, I love you more. If you're a spiritual child of mine in this house, at some point or time in your life, you've said to me, Pastor, I love you, and you have heard back from your pastor, but I love you more. And sometimes we get in little, little love spats. No, but I love you more. It's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You don't get it. See, until you become a parent... A child can say all they want to mom or dad, I love you more than you love me. And you just, you just, that's not even an argument you need to have, right? Because they don't have a clue. Right. They ain't got a clue. 
But you let that day come when that, when that doctor hands that nurse your baby. <laughs> come on, somebody. And now all of a sudden, you're holding your baby, and you're going, I love you. What has that baby ever done for you? Nothing. But you love it, don't you? You love him, her. Man, this morning, first service, had one of our couples that gave birth last week to a full-grown child. Came up here, <laughs> and, and, and she said, Pastor, nobody else in this building can touch my child or breathe on my child except you. And she unwraps this, I mean, 10-pound-plus. Born last week. Like, girl, next time, have it earlier. Do something, you know. I, I mean, I, like, I had to brace myself to get, get gorgeous little girl. And held her, got to kiss her on the back of her head. And somebody else came, and they, somebody on my staff started to reach out. And, said, and the mama goes, nope, don't touch my child. <laughs> I said, don't touch that baby. I'm the only one authorized to touch that baby this early in it. But you know what? As a daddy, man, you can say to your child, I love you. And, man, you love it when they say, I love you back. But you know, you know you're never going to win that with God because before you were, he was. And before you were created and formed in your mother's womb, he already had picked out your name. He had already stamped you with your DNA. He already had your fingerprint in heaven waiting for you that he put on those fingers. And he says, not only do I love you, but you are my delight. You are my joy. He gives you a name, calls you his own. And says, because you're going to mess up one day, I'm going to give my son, my only son, Jesus. And he's going to die a horrible death on the cross so that his blood can be shed so that your sins can be forgiven. Come on, somebody. You cannot outlove God, but you can love God with all of your heart. Number three. Number three. Christ lives in you. God's for you. God's with you. And Christ Christ, the power of the Son, lives in you. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. That's baptism. What you experienced a while ago this morning, 16 people uh, baptized in, in two services. Every one of them, man, going down, declaring in their going down. They died with Christ. In their coming up, they are resurrected with Christ. The old man, the old things, the old past is behind them. Now the word says everything has a right to become new. We have a right to walk in the fullness of who we are in Christ Jesus. Romans chapter 8 verse 12 through 17. Read that when you get home. I don't have time to read it to you right now. And then the fourth point is this. Father God works through you. See, not just in you. This afternoon, in just a few minutes here, and an hour or so, we're, five of us are going to load up in a vehicle with your covering, with your prayer, with your support, with your backing, and we're going to drive to Orlando, and in the morning at daybreak, we're going to go to the airport and get on a plane, and we're going to go to another country, and we're going to deliver the Word of God, because it's not just good enough that God's working in us, God wants to work through us, because when it does, what happens is our life gets changed over and over and over again. Nothing worse in the world than you getting all stopped up and not being able to have the benefit of your life flowing freely with what God has given you, giving it out to someone else. That's why the enemy will use anything, bring any kind of sin, bring junk in your life, fornication, adultery, sex sins, alcoholism, addictions, drug addiction, religious habits. He'll bring anything that you will buy into to keep you bound up so you are not free to have the movement of Christ in your life so that God can work through you to touch someone's life. 
in a significant way. God, touch yourself right here. Touch yourself. Say, God plans, desires, and wants to use me. Now, I know about half of you don't believe that, but I'm going to preach it till you get it, till you believe it. Because, see, you touching yourself and going, man, that sin yesterday, that thought I had yesterday, that, that, that action I did on Tuesday this week. You're thinking, the enemy's just, you're just allowing the enemy to beat you up with what, what Jesus has already paid the price for you to be forgiven of. Yeah. I'm not talking about cheap grace. Right. I'm talking about grace that enables you to make sin right yeah. so that you can be about the Father's business in your life. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose, y'all got to hear this, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us. In all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time, to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on the earth. I close with this as a reminder today. God has a plan for you. God has a lane for you. God has a purpose for your life on the lane which he created for you. God is for you. God is with you. God is in you for his purpose, for his plan, for your life. For every believer that's in this place today, those that are watching online, my prayer is that you will be encouraged to rise up in the fullness of who you believe you are in Christ Jesus and go, no matter what yesterday was and what my past has been, I am beginning to believe that God has a plan for my life that nobody else in this room has the ability to live out except for me. If the plan's ever going to be accomplished before God, it's because I am going to live the plan that God has for me. Suzanne and Suzette are identical twins, but Suzanne cannot walk in Suzette's plan, and Suzette cannot walk in Suzanne's plan. Doesn't matter if their voices sound alike. Doesn't matter if they look alike. Doesn't matter if they wear their hair alike. They are created uniquely and wonderfully different, and each one of them have God's plan on their life, and you have that plan. My prayer today for every believer in this place is that you begin to believe even when you don't know what the plan is, that you will begin to believe. I want to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes. Believers, I want to ask you to pray. Before I speak to those this morning that maybe need to receive the fullness of God's love, I want to speak first of all to every believer in here. Hear me today. Your past is your past. Put it under the blood of Jesus Christ. Repent of every known sin that, that the Lord brings to your attention. Make it right. And then begin to rise up and to declare As of this day, this day, this day, I'm choosing to walk out the fullness of God's purpose and plan for my life. I am discovering who I am in Christ so that I can live in the lane that God has for me. Father, I pray that over every believer in this place, every believer that's watching online, every believer that will listen to the podcast this week, I'm believing, Lord, that you're going to strengthen us to do that which you have called us to do and to give our lives to. 
Now, as believers are praying, I want to speak to anyone in this room, those that are watching online. And I want to say to you today, God is so for you. Whether you've been for God or not, God loves you. God has a plan for you. He gave his son Jesus to die a horrible death so that his blood would wash away your sins. So that you could live the life that God has planned for you. Doesn't matter what the world has said to you. Doesn't matter what our educational system has tried to convince you of. You know deep in the depths of your heart and soul that you were created to worship. And you were created by a father, a God who loved you so much. That before you were, he had already declared who you would be. And this morning in this place... Not only does God love you, but he literally has done everything he can do to have a relationship with you. And the one thing that you can do that God cannot is choose God. He's already chosen you. He's knocking at your heart's door. Jesus is in, he, he, he's literally knocking on that place in your heart saying, will you open up and let me come in? Because I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the door to the Father. You'll never know him unless you know me. And Jesus, Jesus was willing to die so that you could live. This morning in this place, man, the enemy wants to keep you off your lane. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't even want you to know that you have a lane. But you have a lane created by God to walk. And today, it comes down to this one thing. He's chosen you. Will you choose him? Will you receive the fullness of his grace and his love? With every head bowed, no one's looking around. It's just between you, me, and God. Today would be my privilege to lead you in a simple prayer where you would invite Jesus to be Lord of your life. If that's you this morning in this place, would you just lift up your hand and let me recognize your hand this morning and, and lead you in this prayer. Yes, God bless you. Today is a day of salvation. Today is a day of an opportunity for you. Yes, sir, God bless you. Today, you're, you're, you're at a crossroad in your life. Man, your heart's beating, your knees are knocking because the enemy wants to rob you of something so incredibly precious as the gift of salvation. He's done what he can do. He's waiting for you to respond. Real quickly, before I lead us in prayer, anyone else, this is, this is your moment. This is your opportunity just to lift up that hand and say, Pastor, I'm ready today. I, I'm tired of fighting against God. I, 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 I want to live for God. Let me lead you in a prayer this morning. All right. I just want to invite everybody in this place now to repeat this prayer with these that have responded by the lifting of their hands. Pray this prayer out loud. Pray it in faith. Father God, I come to you in the name of your Son, Jesus the Christ. Father, thank you for first loving me, for pursuing me, and for making a way for me to get to you. And that way is your Son, Jesus. Jesus, I invite you today. Come into my life. I invite you to be my Savior and my Lord. I confess my sin, and I ask you to forgive me. I've run away from you, but today I'm running to you. Thank you for loving me in such a significant way. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord an ovation this morning.
Thank you for listening to this message from The Rock of Gainesville. For more information about our church, visit www.therockonline.org.